information that you receive on Exclusively Inclusive Podcast is designed to be a learning experience for patients and listeners in order to supplement their own information so they can be better equipped to be advocates in their own healthcare journey. The opinions expressed by Erin Everett are the opinions of her own and do not represent any third parties or separate entities. In addition, the specialists that present on the show are also here to supplement your own healthcare information and are not designed to replace any treatment plans or information you're receiving from your own healthcare specialists. We hope that you enjoy the show and continue to subscribe and listen in. It's so important that if you are a candidate for PrEP that you get on it before you have to have that conversation with your provider about PEP. You know, having that open conversation and reducing your risk factors for not just HIV, but other STIs is so important. And let's face it, you deserve it. You deserve to be able to have a healthy sex life and, you know, engage in sexual practices that make you feel good in a uh, safe environment without judgment. Welcome to Exclusively Inclusive, your source for the latest in LGBTQIA healthcare, transgender HRT, and personal empowerment. Here's your host, Erin Everett. Hey everybody, and thanks for listening in to Exclusively Inclusive. I'm your host, Erin Everett, and today I wanted to talk to you about the difference between PrEP and PEP. I get a lot of questions about it, both pertaining to HIV prevention, and so I wanted to clear up some of the misinformation out there and just give uh, listeners a really good, useful guide on navigating the two different uh, PrEP and PEP treatments. So first, let's start with PrEP. What is PrEP? PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. Now, when we're talking about exposure, we mean exposure to HIV. So PrEP is a treatment that we use to prevent someone from getting HIV before they've even been exposed to it. And that's really important to note because that's the main difference between PrEP and PEP. Now we actually have the option for two different medicines for PrEP. One is Truvada and the other is Descovy. And we're going to have a whole segment on the differences between those medications. And But today I'm just going to introduce those medications very briefly as an option for uh, PrEP. So Truvada has been prescribed for PrEP uh, since about 2012 um, when it was first approved. Um, by, and it's manufactured by Gilead. Gilead manufactures both Truvada and Descovy. Um, and both of them are one tablet once a day. They both have great efficacy rates. They have been shown to be effective at preventing HIV uh, up to 98% of the time when taken daily. There are alternative ways to take uh, Truvada. However, you know, at my practice, we don't really subscribe to that fully because the CDC has not jumped on board with on-demand prep yet. So what we'll just be talking about is daily prep. Um, so when Turdivad is taken every day, it's extremely effective against uh, preventing HIV. You do have to take it every day in order for it to work up to that 98%. Now, the most common side effects of taking Truvada would be um, a little bit of increase in bowel movements, some GI upset, headaches, dry mouth. Those all tend to disappear within the first two to four weeks. If they persist longer than that, then we definitely have that conversation with patients and decide whether or not we need to go ahead and try Descovy, uh, which they're both very similar, so the side effect profiles are similar, but I have had patients experience negative side effects with one and not the other. So we do talk about that, or we talk about discontinuation altogether. But again, that takes another conversation about risk versus benefit before we can even, you know, uh, land at that point. Um, 
people often ask me, who is a good candidate for PrEP? Who should consider taking it? Well, when we talk about who should consider taking PrEP, I lean heavily on the CDC and the IAS guidelines. And the IAS guidelines is the International Antiretroviral Society that also posts guidelines for this. Um, but, of course, the CDC, everybody knows about the CDC. So you can actually go to uh, cdc.gov slash HIV slash basics slash prep. And they'll actually have all of the things that we're talking about today summarized nicely as a good resource. But one of the things they do post is who should consider taking prep. Well, anybody who's engaging in any uh, type of anal or vaginal sex, especially receptive, that means if you're the one uh, getting penetrated. That is one of the highest risk sexual behaviors when it pertains to uh, contracting HIV. Mostly because HIV is a very fragile virus. It doesn't live outside the body or, um, you know, in contact with oxygen for very long. So when you have it and it's ejaculated into a vagina or an anal canal, it's protected from the environment. And also both of those areas have a lot of veins. I always say it's very vascular. So if there's any kind of tissue trauma from penetration and uh, insertion, which, you know, even there is, even if you don't feel that, the tissues are being disrupted, it's an opportunity for HIV to enter through those little veins. So that's why it's considered one of the most highest risk sexual behaviors when it comes to HIV transmission. So anyone in the past six months that has had receptive anal or vaginal sex, especially if you know that your uh, sexual partner has HIV and you're not sure what their viral load is. If the viral load is undetectable, you're considered untransmittable. So if you have a long-term partner who is HIV positive and stays on their medication and is undetectable, you can get on PrEP if it makes you feel mentally at ease. But technically, there's no medical uh, reason to get on it because that person is not able to give you HIV. So if you, if any of those apply to you, or if you have inconsistent condom use, some people, for whatever reason, there's multiple reasons why people might not have consistent condom use, um, or if you've um, been diagnosed with an STD or an STI infection in the last six months. Because if you've able to engage in behaviors that allowed you to get an STI or ST infection, then you put, uh, potentially put yourself at risk for getting HIV. Um, PrEP is also recommended for people who inject IV drugs or share needles, whether it's for drug use or whatever. Um, because again, just like with that receptive sex, the bevel or the tip of a needle protects the HIV virus in the blood. So if, you're, if someone has HIV or hepatitis, but we're just talking about HIV today, um, and they insert the needle in their vein to inject drugs. When they pull it out, there's still going to be a little bit of blood patch in that needle from their blood. And then you take the needle and inject yourself, you're putting their protected blood that is infected with HIV directly into your vein. And we're saying, you know, we don't, if you don't know whoever you're sharing needles with, if they're HIV positive or negative, then it's super important for you to be on PrEP. I mean, it's also really important that you don't share needles, but if you know that you're having an issue with that, then getting on HIV prevention um, is definitely a good option for you. Um, so anybody who has more than one sexual partner, um, engages in sexual activities for, uh, for work, um, or is just, you know, having more frequent types of sex uh, and high-risk sex, uh, all of those people would be good candidates for PrEP. Um, and so it's really important to be have an open, honest discussion with your provider because if you're someone who fits into any of the categories described, then PrEP is available to you. It has great commercial coverage, 
And we even have a lot of resources now for those who are uninsured or underinsured so that they can also obtain PrEP. Gilead has actually launched a program where a certain number of people are going to be able to get uh, Truvada for free if their insurance isn't covering it or they don't have insurance coverage at all, um, just as one of their measures to help contribute to the efforts to reduce HIV risk and HIV transmission. So... As I touched on before, how well does PrEP work? Well, PrEP works really well. When you take PrEP every single day, like I said, um, the studies have shown 98 to 99% effective. CDC reports 99%. And that is for sexual practices. However, that does drop when you're talking about injecting IV drugs. Um, you know, the CDC reports a 74% uh, efficacy rate. That means 74% of the time you'll be protected against HIV when you're injecting and sharing IV needles um, while you're on Truvada for PrEP or Descovy because they both have very similar efficacy rates. And um, the data in the head-to-head trials uh, was so solid that one of the uh, studies that they did, nobody in the Descovy arm even contracted HIV. So it's a, they're, they're just as effective as each other. Um, and so, but it is important to note that even if you're on Truvada for PrEP, um, there's still a risk of HIV while the risk is lowered, there is still a risk. So I kind of tell my patients, it's like wearing a seatbelt, even though you have airbags, you still have to take other measures to protect yourself. It also does not protect against any other STI or STD infection. So you're still at risk for syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, mycoplasm genitalium, urea plasma, hepatitis A, B, or C, um, lots of different uh, viral infections and bacterial infections. Um, so it's really important to still use a barrier method of protection uh, when, it, when at all possible. So how long would someone really need to take PrEP for? Well, people need to take PrEP uh, to prevent HIV uh, as long as they remain at higher risk for contracting HIV. So if you have circumstances in your life that change that reduce your risk, perhaps you have decided to be uh, celibate and not have sexual intercourse with anybody for some period of time, then, you know, coming off PrEP seems like a suitable option for you. If you decide to be in a monogamous relationship and you know whether or not your partner is living with HIV or not and if they're adherent to the medications you may decide to stop. There's lots of different reasons why someone might decide to come off of Truvada and having that conversation with your healthcare provider is really important so that you're making a good, educated, solid decision on whether or not discontinuing Truvada is right for you. So as it pertains to side effects, if someone was having a lot of significant side effects, even while they remained uh, at higher risk for HIV, they may decide to discontinue it based on the severity of the side effects. But again, I always recommend that uh, people talk to their healthcare provider and make those decisions together. When people first start taking PrEP, uh, we typically recommend that they use an alternative form or a backup form of contraceptive and STI prevention, um, like a condom, dental dams, things like that, um, for the, at least the first seven days if they're engaging in anal sex. We say that it usually takes about seven days for it to become fully effective. Now, that does vary if you're having vaginal intercourse because um, for some reason the data has shown that the serum levels of Truvada tend to be lower in the vaginal tissue. Um, but 
So we recommend 21 days then uh, of continued daily dosing to get the full benefit from Truvada for PrEP. Now, some of this is going to vary for Descovy. And again, we're going to have a whole segment where we talk about the differences between Truvada versus Descovy. But it is important to note that Descovy is not approved for cisgendered women. It is not approved for cisgendered women. They just were not included in the study. And therefore, the company cannot speak to its efficacy on cisgendered women. So far, Descovy is only approved for men who have sex with men and transgender women. So basically, anybody um, with a biological penis or who's engaging in anal sex or penetrative vaginal sex. So that's really important to note because... If, you know, you're sitting there as a cisgendered female listening, wondering if you can switch from Truvada to Descovy, no, you cannot right now. They are working on the studies, and hopefully it will get approved in the coming years, but right now it is not approved, and it's very important that you know that. And part of the buzz with people asking about that is about the long-term negative side effects of Truvada. Um, There's been a lot of hype in the media about it, so I just want to... talk about that a little bit, people are concerned about the renal function um, with Truvada. So over long-term use, um, Truvada can cause a slight decrease in uh, renal function. And what we have noticed, though, is that when people come off the medication, it returns to normal. And it doesn't actually seem to be impacting their renal function, but rather the numbers that we measure, like the creatinine clearance level and the glomular filtration rate may change a little bit. And for lay people or people who are not medical providers or in the medical field, those are just two numbers we look at to see how well your kidneys are working. And so sometimes those numbers go up a little bit, but it actually is not have anything to do with how well your kidneys are working. So, um, but if you are on Truvada for PrEP, you should be following up with your provider every three months for blood work. And the importance of that is to maintain um, an HIV negative status because uh, if for some reason you have seroconverted to HIV, Truvada is not a complete regimen uh, for HIV treatment and therefore it's important so we can add more medications to your regimen and treat your HIV properly. Um, And the other is to check uh, kidney function. So of all the years that I've been prescribing PrEP, I haven't had um, to take people off of it because their kidney function unless something else was going on, but it wasn't solely due to the Truvada. The other thing that people talk about um, is bone mineral density. Um, the way that Truvada is metabolized in the body and works to get into the, uh, prevent HIV from getting into the cell is by taking a little bit of calcium out. When it takes the calcium out, it makes it less available for your bones. And so long term, there has been some data to show that um, there could be a decrease in bone mineral density. Most of the studies have been conducted on people living with HIV. And so there's other things going on that contribute to that decrease in bone mineral density. And the studies that we do have um, for people who are not living with HIV and are just taking it for prevention, um, a majority of the population were um, biological or cis males who have sex with men. Um, and around the ages of like 25 to 35, there was definitely some stragglers outside of that age-wise, but that was the majority of the age. And we did see that when we discontinued the Truvada, that the bone mineral density did return to normal However, we can't speak to the older population because we didn't have the data available. So in those circumstances, it might be suitable to talk about switching over to Descovy that does not have the renal and bone um, side effects. Um, but it, again, that's a conversation that you need to have with your healthcare provider because, you know, um, there's other f- factors that play into that decision, like other diagnoses you may have. Uh, whether it's diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, all these things are things to be considered when you're taking any medication. 
but particularly Truvada for PrEP. And so to having that conversation uh, with your provider, you'll be able to determine what one is best for you and uh, a suitable time frame for you to take it and when we need to uh, consider switching based on your health history. So we've kind of talked about <clears throat> who is a good candidate for PrEP, uh, what is PrEP, and um, some of the side effects and how long do I need to be on it and how long will it take for it to start working. But what we haven't covered is what should a PrEP follow-up look like and why do I have to come back every three months? Well, a PrEP follow-up should be pretty simple. Um, you're going to meet with your provider every three months. And the reason for that is, and I touched on it briefly earlier, is... Um, we said that the efficacy rates for PrEP are 98 to 99%. So that means still 1% to 2% of the population will contract HIV while taking Truvada for PrEP. And so it's really important that we catch those new infections because Truvada is not a complete HIV regimen. And so if you do uh, what we call seroconvert or um, contract HIV while you're taking PrEP, then we can add medications to make sure you're in a complete regimen and have the best possible outcome. So that's one of the reasons why. Um, the other reasons why is to check kidney function. We touched on that to make sure your kidneys are still healthy. And then also, too, to offer any additional STI screenings because if you're engaging in behaviors that could have you uh, contract HIV, you could also be contracting other STI infections like syphilis, chlamydia, uh, gonorrhea, mycoplasm genitalium, herpes, those types of things. And so offering up testing and treatment for those different infections is extremely important. Currently, right now in Atlanta, we have huge rates of syphilis and gonorrhea in particular. And so whenever my patients come in, I talk to them about what we call three-site testing. So that also should be a part of your visit. And if it's not being offered as a part of your visit, then it's something that you need to bring up to your healthcare provider. Um, because three-site testing allows us to test for gonorrhea and chlamydia in the back of the throat, uh, in the rectal tissue, or the vaginal tissue, or sometimes both. If you're using both organs, then that's what we need to test for. And then also the urethral tract. So we usually have patients, if it's uh, men who have sex with men, we usually have them leave a urine sample. We'll do a rectal swab and a throat swab. Uh, for anybody with a vagina, we offer up a vaginal swab, rectal swab, urine sample, uh, depending on their habits, and a throat swab. So um, sometimes we can capture enough of a sample from just doing a vaginal or a uh, urine sample, but it just depends on the person and what they're engaging in. And so it's really important to do a thorough sexual health screening with your patients. So, you know, um, and also to be honest with your provider, so your provider knows where they should be testing you. Um, and then through the blood, we also add on syphilis. You know, um, a lot of providers don't routinely uh, test for herpes anymore. Uh, there are some certain situations where it would be good if you know that your partner is positive for herpes and you don't know if you are or not. Get it going ahead and getting that blood test could relieve some uh, conversations about whether or not you're at risk of getting herpes from them. Because if you already have it, then no, there's no risk. Um, or, you know, if somebody comes in with sores or lesions, we definitely send off a viral culture to determine what those are so that we can treat accordingly. So that's really important um, that those those components are being part of your PrEP follow-up. Um, the majority of uh, gonorrhea and chlamydia is asymptomatic when it's found in the throat and rectal tissues. So that's why we offer uh, routine screenings for it. And the majority of cases that I find are found on um, routine screenings. And patients are often shocked. They're like, 
what? How long have I had that? I didn't know. You know, and if they're new to me, I don't know how long they had it. If if they come and see me every three months, you know, I can either say, well, you didn't have it three months ago. So somewhere in between there. And, you know, there are anonymous ways to alert your sexual partners to your uh, new STI infections. And you can usually do that through your health department. So if you don't feel comfortable calling your partner and letting them know um, about your uh, positive test results, there is, um, you know, other ways that we can uh, attack that for you. Another thing that people ask a lot about is uh, how much does PrEP cost? And like I mentioned before, it's very well covered commercially. Um, Truvada has more coverage than Discovery right now, but most and a lot of plans are paying for Discovery. Um, And what happens is it it gets billed to your commercial plan. And if there's a lot of money left over or any type of co-insurance left over, and that is really going to depend on the way your plan is set up, some people won't have a copay on it regardless. Some people, it's going to hit their entire deductible, so they're going to get a nasty bill from the pharmacist and sticker shock. So when that happens, we direct people to the Gilead Advancing Access Program. If your healthcare provider doesn't provide you with a Gilead copay card at the time of your visit, then this is something that you can go to and access online at gileadadvancingaccess.com. And it's a simple application, and what that does is allows... um, you know, money to go towards your coverage of PrEP. So if you get to the pharmacy and they bill your insurance and they say you have $1,200 left over, well, this program covers up to $7,200 in co-pays per year with no monthly limit. So that means that when they tell you it's $1,200, the rest gets taken off that Gilead copay card and there's $7,200 left. But that's not like you're going to have to pay 1200 every month because once your deductible and your out-of-pocket expenses are met, then the card, you don't need the card anymore. And so if you run out of money on the card, but your benefit has been met, it should still continue to be free. And I hope that makes sense because navigating health insurance could be really challenging. But basically, when you go to the pharmacy, you need to make sure that the pharmacist bills your insurance first. And whatever co-pays or co-insurances are left over, that's where the Gilead card kicks in. And it has up to $7,200 just for those uh, two drugs. So whether you're on Descovy or Truvada, you'll have money to contribute towards your health care costs. Now, of course, the conversation changes a little bit when patients don't have commercial insurance. And depending on your geographical location, there's going to be resources for you um, in your area. And we'll post some resources on our exclusively inclusive podcast.com website for people local or close to Atlanta. Um, but a lot of health departments are offering prep clinics where it's like free or to reduce cost. Uh, Gilead also has resources on their website where you can get prep free or to reduce cost. And so there are ways to access it. But thank you to um, the Affordable Health Care Act. No commercial insurance can deny coverage for Truvada anymore for PrEP. Now, that's different for Discovy because it's a newer drug and it's a little bit more expensive. So, But they do at least have to cover Truvada. So that is awesome, especially when we talk about, um, you know, one of the, obviously we want to reduce the risk of transmission and HIV on a personal front. Like I don't want my patients contracting a virus that was preventable. But also when we look at globally and just geographically reducing the risk and the rates of HIV transmission, having that good commercial coverage here in the United States is huge. It's really going to help. So if you have any more additional questions about PrEP or there's something that you need more detail on or something that you feel like I didn't cover, please feel free to email me at erin at exclusivelyinclusivepodcast.com. Hey, 
Hey everyone, I have a quick favor to ask. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment and just clicking the subscribe button on whichever platform you use to listen to my show, that would be wonderful. Not only does it allow you to get notified every time I publish an episode, but it also helps with my ratings and reviews, which what that means in podcast world is that I'm able to climb up in the rating scale and reach other listeners. The whole reason why I started this show is to access people who needed the information. So please just go ahead and click subscribe, then we can all be happy and continue to listen to this good quality free information. Thank you so much. So we've talked about how you prevent HIV if you have not yet been exposed, but what if you have been exposed? Well, there is treatment for that as well. And we call that PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis. So again, the difference is one, you have been exposed to HIV, the other you have not. So when you have been exposed, the treatment is post-exposure prophylaxis, and you have a 72-hour window from the time of exposure to the time of being able to get on treatment and have it work. If you're outside of that window, then you ha- it's a different conversation that you have with your provider. It's more about HIV testing and treatment and follow-up testing. Uh, but if we're in that 72-hour window, then we can place you on post-exposure prophylaxis and drastically reduce your risk of HIV transmission. So PEP is a combination of drugs. When we're talking about PrEP, we talked about Truvada. Truvada is also um, a component or can be a component of post-exposure prophylaxis. And, um, but it's more than that. We also added in another HIV drug. And depending on the patient and their uh, insurance coverage and whatnot, we have uh, other options. But most of the time in my practice, I'm prescribing either Truvada and Descovy with dolutegravir. Um, and dolutegravir is an integrase inhibitor, and it's great for HIV treatment. And when they're dosed together, you can reduce your risk of contracting HIV by more than 80%. That's huge. So if you have been exposed to HIV and you go to a provider or an urgent care clinic or the ER where they're prescribing post-exposure prophylaxis and you get on these treatments within 72 hours of your encounter, then we've lowered your risk of HIV transmission by more than 80%. And so those those, those numbers are published by uh, the CDC. So we do have data to back that up. The safety and tolerability of uh, the post-exposure prophylaxis is very similar to PrEP. Um, However, patients may have a little bit more um, side effects just because it's an additional drug, right? So, but overall, uh, dolutegravir is very well tolerated. One of the other popular integrase inhibitors, uh, which is, again, the drug class that it's in, that's often prescribed for post-exposure is rauteglavir. um, And... The main reason why I choose dolutegravir over raltegravir is uh, the ease of administration. Raltegravir is often prescribed uh, in twice-a-day dosing, um, or it's uh, two tablets once a day. But still for the post-exposure guidelines, um, the twice-a-day dosing is endorsed. And so I just feel like for my patients, it's a little bit harder to remember that second dose. So uh, dolutegravir is dosed once a day. So patients can literally wake up in the morning or before they go to bed, whenever it makes sense, and take their Truvada with their dolutegravir and be covered for the day. PEP is considered a 28-day course. So for 28 days, you're going to be taking this medication to reduce your risk of transmission. Um, At the end of the 28 days, we also need to do repeat testing. So we're going to cover all of that. Okay, let's start with you've been exposed to HIV and now what? 
you already have a healthcare provider that you know that prescribes post-exposure prophylaxis or PEP. And so you're already in the in, uh, the office visit with them. What's going to happen for you? Well, basically, what the healthcare provider is going to do is a brief interview to find out what your, your risk of transmission was, the time frame in which it occurred. And then we're going to do some testing and education on the medicine. So one thing that's really important to test for, of course, is HIV, but all the other STIs. So we're, we're also going to be testing for hepatitis um, A, B, and C. We're going to be testing for syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, and then HIV as well. Again, we don't really have to test for the herpes side of things because um, it's less important at this point. But if people were concerned about it, we could add it on. But most importantly, we're doing hepatitis A, B, and C, syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia. And of course, if you're a cis female or anybody who's at risk for uh, actually having a pregnancy, we want to check a pregnancy test. Now, the other things that we test for that aren't uh, infectious diseases are your kidney function and your liver enzymes because all of our medications that we take in some way, shape, or form are excreted by the kidneys and liver, and so we need to make sure that those are also healthy. After you've taken the um, PEP for the next 28 days, you're going to have another appointment with your provider, at which point we would do repeat HIV testing. And this is really important because if you were literally exposed on that encounter um, and you were negative, 28 days later, if the medication worked, you should still be negative. Um, The newer HIV testing can detect the P24 uh, antigen, which can test positive for HIV as early as 15 days after an exposure. So ideally, uh, you know, you're at the 28-day mark you know, that's that that four to six week mark, you're going to be testing for that again to ensure it's still negative. And then also you're going to do some repeat syphilis and gonorrhea and pregnancy tests if if, uh, applicable. Um, And then plan on following up in three and six months for more HIV testing, which if you've gone on PEP for post-exposure prophylaxis and you're my patient, I'm probably starting you on prevention. And so you're going to be following up every three months regardless. And so this won't be unusual for you. So as far as insurance coverage goes, it's very similar to uh, PrEP. You know, commercial insurance covers it very well, and it's just for the 28 days. And then for a lot of patients, again, we'll be uh, transitioning them to the prevention. Uh, The same Gilead copay card applies as it does for PrEP. And so most patients are going to get it free or very cheap. It is important, though, that you connect your patients with a pharmacy that is familiar with post-exposure prophylaxis so that the pharmacist knows the urgency behind obtaining these meds so that if they run into any issues with insurance coverage or copays or any kind of hassle or they realize that they don't have one of the components of the regimen in in stock, that they immediately find out where they can get it. Because once you've been exposed, the clock is ticking because after we reach that 72-hour mark, the the regimen is considered ineffective. Um, So it's really important the sooner you get started on post-exposure prophylaxis, the better. And that's when you're going to have the best outcome as far as preventing HIV transmission. You know, um, getting exposed to HIV can be a scary time. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't know enough about HIV to know what their actual true risk is. So often I do have a lot of people coming to me um, wanting uh, post-exposure prophylaxis for all sex encounters or kissing. And those really aren't necessary. But at the end of the day, if somebody's truly concerned about uh, contracting HIV, I'm going to prescribe post-exposure prophylaxis, unless, of course, I think it will cause more harm. But they're going to leave with a post-exposure prophylaxis regimen because 
sometimes people will have an intense fear about contracting HIV and, and only tell me a piece of the story. So if someone, you know, it's really good for people to be honest with their providers, but it's also good for providers to know that if someone has an intense fear of contracting HIV and they're telling you that they think they might have um, been exposed to it, um, and you're doing their risk evaluation and you're not sure that the risk is really there, but they don't seem any more at ease, I would go ahead and prescribe it unless, of course, it was contraindicated with one of their other disease processes because um, it's always risk versus benefit. And there's not a whole lot of risk when taking these medications if you have not been exposed. Um, again, you might experience some of the more benign side effects like GI side effects, uh, headaches, uh, changes in sleep patterns, but they tend to dissipate within the first few days and usually by at least two weeks. And the regimen is only 28 days. So even if someone was having mild side effects, they're still going to want to take it if they felt like their risk for HIV exposure was great. Um, so if you have any additional questions or anything about that, please feel free to email me at Aaron and exclusively inclusive podcast.com. And I'll be happy to help you out with any of that. You know, there is actually a journal for nurse practitioners that I receive, and I've referenced this before in other podcasts, but it actually, for any providers out there listening or people in the healthcare uh, field, um, it actually has a great write-up on post-exposure prophylaxis and how to administer it, how to uh, evaluate for it, what kind of access uh, patients have to the costs involved, and just, you know, how to counsel the patient. Often, a lot of the times, you know, once you have met with a patient in that 72-hour window, you can do a lot of reassurance because, again, you're lowering their risk 80%. Um, I haven't personally had anybody um, go on to seroconvert HIV positive who came in and, you know, fit the bill. It's just been uh, less than 72 hours. We got them started on treatment right away. So, it's extremely effective, and so you can feel confident in the reassurance factor there with your patients. But I suggest you give it a read um, in the Journal uh, for Nurse Practitioners. Um, it was the November issue from this year in 2019, and it has a wonderful write-up. It even goes over all the drugs and the um, side effects. It also has all the CDC facts and data and alternatives to use if your patient does have uh, renal insufficiency, which I'm not going to cover that for my listeners because most people can take the traditional Truvada and Dolutegravir regimen, and I just don't want to complicate things with some outdated medicines. So... Again, if anybody has any questions, please feel free to reach out. It's so important that if you are a candidate for PrEP, that you get on it before you have to have that conversation with your provider about PEP. You know, having that open conversation and reducing your risk factors for not just HIV, but other STIs is so important. And let's face it, you deserve it. You deserve to be able to have a healthy sex life and, um, you know, engage in sexual practices that make you feel good in a uh, safe environment without judgment. Okay, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, remember to stay fierce and live your truth.